So let's do this. I did the uh, Broncos post game show, uh, the the fan football post game show last night. I'm not supposed to say it, you know. You know what? Um, you want to hear a funny story about that getting in trouble? We used to do something called the Broncos No BS post game show. This is many years ago when I was the executive producer here on the fan. I remember that. Yeah, and there was no problem. We had started the, sh- you know, calling it that. It was a new concept here on this station. Let's say, God, that was probably 15 years ago. I'm just guessing. And we would do the show right after the game. And we had done it for probably, and remember, this was when Mike Shanahan was in charge. And Mike Shanahan was an absolute tyrant over everything. But we had gotten no complaints from the team. Right now, you got to be careful when you're using the team name and promoting something if you're not an official team partner. But no problem. Had not gotten a call. Well, there was a wide receiver they had signed named Eddie Kinnison, who all of a sudden there was some issue right before the game, and um, he wound up not playing. Just he was kind of a no-show or whatever, and it was a some sort of personal issue. And um, there was all sorts of scandal about why he was, no, he was not with the team. And so I had a means of a, kind of a secret bat phone way of getting people's phones, phone numbers. So I'm sitting at the station during the game, and... Um, you know, I called up Eddie Kinnison and I said, hey, Eddie, um, you know, Dan Jacobs over at the fan, you know, we'd like to get you on our post game show so you can get the word out. He's like, um, well, no, I really don't want to talk about this or that. But no, I didn't. I didn't quit. Leave the team voluntarily. And I said, well, you might want to reconsider because the team is saying that you voluntarily resign from the team and you won't be back. And if you don't come on, that's the narrative that's going to be out there. So you really need to respond. He goes, ah, thanks, but no thanks. He hung up. Well, then he calls me back, I don't know, five minutes later. I don't know if he talked to his agent or whoever, his advisors. He says, you know what, Dan, I am going to take you up on that offer. I'm going to come on the show. So he comes on the show. And he says, yeah, I don't know why the team's saying that. I had a personal issue. I'm still a Denver Bronco. I'll be at work tomorrow. 
or the, you know maybe the on tu- or Tuesday probably because if they didn't have a day off. And no, I fully intend to be at work. And that made Mike Shanahan livid. He was totally upset. So I called the Broncos and I go, hey, can you clarify for me? Mike Shanahan in his post-game press conference said, you know, Eddie Kinnison, you know, quit, you resigned, whatever. He's not coming back. Well, we just had him on the air. He says, it's absolutely not true. He'll be at work tomorrow. And lo and behold, <laughs> the next day, I get called into the office, the program director at the time. He says, guess what? I'm like, what? He's like, we're not allowed to call it the Broncos no B- the, the no BS, Broncos no BS postgame show anymore. We got to cease and desist. <laughs> so it was kind of like a retaliation. And then it was a big deal because all the other media outlets in town, um, didn't have this guy's phone number. So, oh, I couldn't remember the guy over at Channel 9 at the time. Um, I don't remember his name. Uh, was it Zarella? Anyway, all these people are like, Dan, how'd you get that phone number? I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, well, can I get the phone number? I'm like, well, are you going to give me some numbers? Here, here are some numbers I would like. Well, I can't give out those numbers. All right, bye. And then eventually... So I'm, I'm, I'm using this, you know, information, this and that, and I'm, I'm trading it out and this, you know. And then, um, you know, supposedly Shanahan put it up uh, a vote to the team whether or not this guy could come back. And it was supposedly decided by his teammates that Eddie Kennison was not allowed back in the game. He's no longer a Bronco? Yes. So, anyway, that was uh, interesting how we were uh, – no longer allowed to use the, call it the Broncos No BS postgame show. So now we call it the fan football postgame show, I believe. Is that what we call it, Colin? Well, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is the uh, fan football postgame show. There we go. So I, Which you did a phenomenal job last night. Well, thank you. Under sir. the weather. Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, I don't know that I've ever had strep throat in my life up till this year. And I've gotten it four stinking times this summer. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. And so I go to the doctor again, and she's like, what the heck's going on here? And what we thought was that my wife, you guys remember the movie Outbreak? You know, and they had that monkey that brought over the Mutaba virus from, you know, Africa. And started this, you know, Mutaba outbreak in Cedar Creek or whatever. And, but the monkey was a carrier. The monkey never got sick, but it infected the other monkey and infected everybody. And it bit Jimbo and Jimbo spread it to his girlfriend, blah, 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 blah. But the monkey was the carrier that, you know, was spreading it, but never got sick. So my doctor said, well, maybe your wife is like the Mutaba monkey. Right. And, so we thought maybe that's what it was because she was not getting it, but I was I I got I've gotten it four stinking times. First time, the first two times, like really really bad. The last couple times, not you know not as bad, but you know it's still not pleasant. But my wife went and got tested. They're like, no, nope, it's not you. So it's pro- I'm guessing I'm not going to make them go and get tested because it's a big pain in the butt. But I'm guessing maybe my daughters or whatever. But so but the problem is they give you. A, because they don't want you to become resistant to antibiotics. 
they give you different antibiotics each time you get it. And I don't think uh, the antibiotics they gave me this time are just working as good. Or, I don't know, maybe whatever strain of Mutaba strep throat I have is just like, ha ha, Dan, we're on to your tricks with your antibiotics. We're not going to, uh, we're not falling for that this time. So, yeah, haven't uh, been science. feeling the greatest. But, but once again, you did power through last yes. night. We made it through the whole game, which was rough. Right. And then uh, we reacted for an hour, yeah, almost an it, hour and a half. Yeah, it, it flew. The, the show flew through last night. A lot of great reaction from you, people as fans. We'll continue to react for the next three hours um, today. But, yeah, I wasn't feeling so great last night. But I got, God, so you say I got home about one. Pretty much went to sleep other than the dealing with the cat. Uh, got up about 9, 9.15. So that's a ton of sleep for me. I usually don't get that much. I'm usually up way early. Um, by the way, the cat, my, my, my wife and the cat are in a feud last night. And I'm like, well, did you give him the... See, I, don't, I don't understand how this works. But she, she started... So my cat is bald on, a, on its bare ass. Right, it's lost its butt hair, right? It's bald. Like uh, remember in Austin Powers, where he had that bald cat. For some reason, we don't know if it's stress. We I, we thought it was allergies, but so we switched his cat food, and that seemed to help. Except for that, it's still bald. Like the hair's not growing back. So we think maybe, you know, because we have the dog that you know we had to go on the secret mission to Chicago to go get. Um, this is he, he's a hunting breed dog, and so he doesn't do anything to the cat except for he goes up and points at the cat and just stares at it, and it stresses the cat out. Now, he doesn't fight the cat. He doesn't, like, you know, grab the cat and carry it away. He just goes up to it and stares at it. It's the weirdest thing. So the cat's gone bald on his butt cheeks, and so my wife the other day, I see him on the counter. They're like... They're not marijuana treats, but they're hemp treats to relax the relax the cat at night because the cat bugs you know bugs us at night and we think well it, you know if we can get this cat to chill out maybe its hair will grow back because I just, like legal weed yeah the cat's freaky looking like it's all skinny and gangly looking and it's got no hair on its butt. It's uh, Mister Bigglesworth two point Yeah, there that's you the, go. That's the one that you're referring to. Yes. And so, you know, so I got, you know, I give it, you know, I just, I saw these on the, you know, the counter, we're talking about it. And on that day, I went into the palatial 303 law 4040 offices and my, my lovely wife, Kimberly, stayed and worked from home. So I come home that night and I said, well, what happened? Did you give them the treats? Because I don't know what, how this thing works. Because I know there's cannabis. That doesn't have THC, but it will. But I don't know, Colin, Joe. Do you guys know about this? It still will chill you out. Yeah, I, I mean, I know some about it. There are certain pro- properties in it that will not get you the high effect of it, but it will still relax you. Okay, so I, I guess apparently that's what's going on. So I, so she gives it this treat, and I come home and I'm like, "Well, how'd it go with the cat and the treat?" She goes, "Yeah, it worked." He was acting awful funny. 
for a little while there. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, he just sat there staring out the window with his tongue hanging out for like most of the afternoon. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's how it works. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so last night I get home at, you know, what, 1 a.m. She's fighting with the cat. I'm like, well, did you give him the the cannabis pill or a hemp pill? I don't know. I guess hemp would have the cannabis in it, but not the THC. Yeah. I was going to say weed treat. Yeah, weed treat, whatever. Gives him the weed. And uh, she's like, no, but this finger cat, that's why I'm going to drug him every night from now on. Blah, blah, blah. It was kind of funny. But after that, I fell asleep. There we go. So, um, yeah, anyway, I got some, you know, maybe I should start popping the cat treats if I can't sleep. But anyway, um, somebody's on the text like, what the hell is this? What are you talking about? Um, see, whatever. Um, somebody says, Dan, this time of year, my allergies make my sinuses drain into my throat and give me the infections of streptococcus. That's from Shane. Yeah, my, I mean, my allergies, I do have allergies, but they have not been terrible this year because we thought, well, maybe it was that. Um, by the way, are you, you're killing me too funny. By the way, are you somehow legally obligated to say my lovely wife, Kimberly? Well, you know, that's what we say in the advertising. And people, by the way, people love it for some reason. And we actually get, we get calls, um, and, and lady clients actually love that. They'll call in and they'll say, um, you know, you just sound like a really good husband. So we decided to call you guys, you know, because I talk about my lovely wife, Kimberly, right? I talk, you know, very affectionately about her. Or, if, you know, sometimes fan, you know, you know, guys from the fan call in and she answers. And they're like, hey, it's you. Dan talks about you all the time. So they're excited because if you called 303-LAW-4040 right now, because I'm on the air, my lovely wife, Kimberly, will actually answer the phone. So people actually like the fact that when you call 303-LAW-4040, it's true. You're actually going to speak to me. Because, you know, you call most of these lawyers. You call one of the big TV lawyers. You ain't talking to the guy on TV. I guarantee you that. You're never talking to that guy, more than likely. Right? You're talking to an answering service or, you know, some caseworker. You may eventually talk to a paralegal if you're lucky. Right? You're not talking to the lawyer very often. When you call 303-LAW-4040, you're actually going to talk to me. I will be on your case. And my lovely wife, Kimberly, if I'm on the air or I'm in court or, you know, whatever, you're going to talk to her. And she's going to manage your case. But you're always going to sit down with her and I personally to start your case before you ever become a client. And you're going to get our personal cell phones. And we're going to work with you personally throughout the process. So people actually get a kick that when I talk about my lovely wife, Kimberly, when you call in, she, she answers the phone, or I answer the phone. So it's kind of cool. Um, so a couple people say it's called CBD. Well, I've, I'm familiar with the term CBD, but the box says hemp, hemp cap, you know, calming hemp treats. So I'm assuming just, you know, there's CBD in the hemp, but that's, you know, I don't know if, CBD is a part of it. That's the part yeah. that makes you relax. It's yeah. like in drinks now and like kombuchas and I mean, all over. You can get it at smoothie shops. Yeah. So somebody's saying here, it's all about the 
the terps and the cannabinoids. Hemp naturally contains small amounts of THC. The, no, the more cannabinoids combined, the better it works. I don't know. Um, somebody says, how many trolls does she have to deal with um, on account of you, Stephen and Frederick? We do get Not some good. of those. Not yeah, we had one guy that was a you know kind of a dis- disgusting pig that called um, that I won't go into all the details. Um, but no, for the most part, people are very cool and respectful. All right, uh, speaking of people that are cool and respectful, the lovely and talented James Merlat coming up next. Taking a break from laying down the law in the courtroom to lay down the law in the sports world, here's Judge Dan Jacobs on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Hear the drums echoing tonight. She hears only whispers of some quiet conversation. All right. Let's uh, go out to the hotline. She's coming in. James Maryland joins us. Uh, James, we're learning a lot this morning. I have a. By the way, James, are you with us? I'm here, yeah. Hi, Dan. Good morning. Uh, good morning. What are you doing this morning? Where are you at? Uh, we are on the way to Broomfield High School for barbecue for the football team. Oh, fantastic. That'll be. Are you cooking? Yeah. Or are you just eating? <laughs> no, I'm just showing up and eating. Yes. Yeah. yeah, good job. I bet you'll do a great job at that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm well qualified. Yes, well qualified. Um, so we're talking about this because, and the listeners are educating me on this because we have this cat. He's all stressed out, we think. Uh, he's lost all the hair on his butt cheeks. And we think okay. we think he's stressed out because that dog that you gave me the bad advice on where when I had to go to Chicago. Um, yep. When you yep. said when you said just leave that town for a few days and come back with a dog. Don't tell your wife. Um, uh, that dog. He's a hunting dog. Not that I ever go hunting. So he just goes up to the cat and stares at it because he's pointing. Right. He's doing his pointing instinct. But you know, but he doesn't bite the cat. He doesn't you know paw at it. He just goes up and stares at it. So we what we think has happened, he's gotten all stressed out. He's lost hair on his butt cheeks and some on his arms. He's looking pretty, you know, pathetic. So my wife has started giving him uh, hemp treats. And uh, so the first one he got, he kind of got, I guess he got a little stoned or wigged out. He's just staring out the window with his t- tongue hanging out. <laughs> and so. Uh, okay. Yeah, but, you know, I'm confused because generally they don't have THC in there, but people are explaining to me the calming effects of hemp, which is not the same thing as marijuana, um, which I just don't have a lot of experience with it. So the listeners are, uh, you know, getting me up to speed. They're they're, they're good folk, James. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, what is it, like CBD? That's what it is. It's CBD instead of THC. I mean, this is all new to me, too. Yeah, something, something like that. So... Yeah, uh, the, uh, the I guess the hemp is like the male version of the marijuana plant, something like that, and it's got, you know, calming properties, but, you know, it's not going to get you as high or, you know, it's, it's going to get you a little, maybe a little tiny buzz, but it's going to, you know, be calming to you. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds like exactly what the cat needs, so I think you're onto something here. Yes. Um, so, the game last night, first off, I'm going to give you a little credit because... 
Uh, listening to, I was listening to you and Will Peterson doing a great job, and Jake Shapiro was on the show before you as well, on Denver Sports Tonight, leading us up to the game, doing the official pregame show on the fan. Well, I guess it's technically, it's our official pregame show. And yeah. uh, not the team's. And uh, you guys did a fantastic job. But if you're listening to Will Peterson, you know, you would have thought, you know, two or three people were going to have to, you know, we're going to, you know, break their leg playing on that surface and have to, you know, maybe be put down like a horse or something, you know, like it was just, you know, a danger to humanity to be playing on this surface. And lo and behold, nothing happened. And you're like, no, you know, you know, in the past, you know, you've wanted people to, you know, you know, you know, risk themselves to get to a game because of, you know, a, a horrific blizzard. Um, you know, you know, you wanted kids to go out and play and get black lung in a uh, horrifying, you know, ash, you know, you know, volcano eruptions or something like that. But, so you haven't always been right. But in this instance, you know, I think you were probably right. I want to give credit but, to you. Well, I appreciate that. Yes. I mean, everybody, the hand wringing last night about that field was just ridiculous. It was just you know, oh my God, how can they play? And it's a, it looks like the beach covered in seaweed. I mean, it was just <laughs> preposterous and just over the top. And, you know, I was tweeting out photos of, you know, the back in the day playing in, you know, on muddy, chopped up conditions and how football players used to uh, just go out there and do that. And now if you're not playing on the 16th green at Augusta, it's just not a hundred percent perfect. Oh my God, how can they, how can they possibly play on these conditions? This is another example of how we've gotten soft. We just have gotten soft. If it's not exactly 72 degrees with exactly the right humidity and the exact right air quality, and there's not a lightning strike within 100 miles, then we can't possibly go out on the field and try to try to compete and try to play. It's just laughable. And last night was another example. It was also another example, Dan, and, and you and I are, you know, uh, we, we try to not fall into this, but it was another example of groupthink, right? right? Like, Every member of the media just said the exact same thing of, oh, my God, how can we possibly deal with this? How can we do this? It wasn't a factor for a single play in the entire game. Never even noticed it. Nobody slipped. Nobody had an issue with it. Not a, not a thing. And you would have thought before the game started that they were playing on the most dangerous football surface in the history of the NFL. It was a joke. It was laughable how much people got worried about it and upset about it in the hand-wringing. So I appreciate you giving me my – kudos i've been right on all those other ones as well because unless you can point out all these people that are getting struck by lightning while they're at a professional football game uh th that is over the top too but i'll take my victory on this one and we'll call it good yeah i was so we were all going back and forth about one of the tweets you sent out last night and, and will said something about you know maybe uh you know you you get deserving a public apology from something DMAC said. He just said, you know, J James deserves a pu public apology. And I said, oh, from you for, you know, the conversation in the pregame about the thing? And, and Will's like, no, it's a dirt track. And I'm like, dirt track? It looks pretty green to me. Like some of the hashes were a little, looks like they'd been played on or something. But no, it wasn't. And by, oh, by the way, I remember uh, Alfred, Alfred Williams, our good friend, telling a story about his career was essentially ended at Invesco Field, when he stepped in Thunder's footprint, right, the horse that they run yeah. around tearing up the field, and he stepped in it and blew out his Achilles, which was essentially the end of his career. Uh, but we're not saying, you know, we can't play at mile high because they run the horse around anymore, right, James? <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, look, injuries are going to happen. 
it's a sport where the injury rate is 100%. It's just a, a matter of how severe are they and when do they happen. And you try to mitigate them as much as possible. But, you know, the, the, the bubble wrap mentality is, is hysterical to me. And the other part of it is, too, like all these people have been ripping Nathaniel Hackett since last training camp and last preseason of, oh, my God, he didn't play anybody and this, that, and the other. And these same people last night going into the game were like, well, I wouldn't play Javante, and I wouldn't play Randy Gregory, and I wouldn't play Justin Simmons, and I wouldn't play this guy, and I wouldn't play that guy. It's like, well, which way do you want it? You can't have it both ways. You can't rip Nathaniel Hackett for not playing guys, which I was actually on board with. I'm all about get to September 10th healthy. Don't lose somebody in a meaningless game. And DJ Jones last night in the first series goes out with concussion. I mean, he'll be back, I would assume, by the opener, but his preseason is is done. So you're just kind of holding your breath. But these people that want to have it both ways of no bubble wrap and bubble wrap, it's like you just want to be critical. You just want to rip. Uh, you just want to rip the coach for his decision because no matter how it goes, you're not going to be happy. I thought that was another comical part of last night of, oh, everybody's got to play in the preseason except these twelve guys who I can't possibly imagine them going on the field. That was uh, that was pretty uh, pretty hysterical as well. Speaking of Javante, should we be worried about Javante Williams? I mean, I think we should be worried from the standpoint of he's coming back from a major knee injury, three different ligaments. It's been 10 months, and he's a guy that the number one attribute of his game was his ability to break tackles and to gain yards after contact, and we haven't seen him take a hit since the knee injury. So, we should be worried until we see that he's back until until we see that he's the same old, same old. And I have my doubts if he will be. I mean, it's miraculous that he's already practicing and out there doing that. If he's able to play in a football game, that will be, uh, that will be pretty amazing. So should we be worried about him long-term? I don't know. Should we be worried about whether or not he's going to be himself come the opener? Yeah. I don't, I don't expect him to be. I, I think that would be a, that'd be a huge bonus if he was. I think you start getting into, you know, October when you're hitting the, the, the mark where it's the, the anniversary of the injury. That's probably more realistic for him being back. But um, I'm not worried about it. There was no reason. There's no reason for him to play last night. I, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm the guy that didn't have an issue with Nathaniel Hackett sitting starters last year. Um, so I'm not worried about him yet, you know, in terms of full-blown panic. But until we see him do it, yeah, there's some concern. Um, well, should, uh, when I, and I say this because, you know, at the beginning of camp and maybe again, this is just the media falling into, you know, their same old traps, but, oh, Javante looks great and he's, he's back and he's going to be just like Adrian Peterson and all this stuff. And, and now it's, it's pretty clear he's not right. So it could be dangerous when what we've been told. And again, I don't know that this is true. All I know is, you know, cause this reminds me of the, Everybody talking about the Bill Musgrave offense when and how great it was going to be, and nobody could tell you what it was, but it, it was going to be great, right? It was going to be simple <laughs> yeah. and this and that, and the guys were going to love it. And then to a man, nobody could tell you what it was, right? So we're, we're seeing the same thing here that the media is saying, oh, this is going to be a run-heavy offense, this and, this and that, which, by the way, is not really what we saw last night originally. Like, they came out, you know, the first series, they ran it once and threw it twice and punted, right? Um, yeah. So if they are, though, you know, we're, we're, what the media did was they took clues. They're, they're two major, you know, two of the three major additions were on the offensive line, and, and those offensive linemen were, 
you know, viewed as much better pass blockers than they were, excuse me, run blockers than pass blockers. So if that's Correct. true, I don't know that it's going to be true that they're really going to be a lot more, you know, pass ha- uh, run happy than, you know, pass happy, which generally even in the NFL, today's NFL, I don't know, those teams are still, you know, unless you have a option quarterback like the Ravens or, you know, you know the, the Bears or something, most teams, you know, that when you say they're, run heavy are still 60% pass or 55% pass anyway, right? They're, you know, it's not 50-50 or, you know, 55% run. It's still you're passing more than you're running, right? Um, but even, you know, if that's true, if, if that's going to be true, should they look at going in, making a play for Dalvin Cook? Or if Josh Jacobs is really there to be had, should they look at getting a guy like that? Um, so when I say... Should we be worried? Do I, I? What I mean is, should we look at getting another option? Yeah. I mean, I think they, any of those guys, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, would be an upgrade from who's currently on the roster, and they would have been an upgrade from Javante Williams before he got injured. I, I mean, Javante Williams is a nice player, but he, to me, and I, you know, I had this argument with Zach by over and over and over again, I never thought he was anything that was special. doesn't mean I think he's a bad player. I just don't think he's a guy that's going to be in the ring of fame someday. I mean, he's not Clinton Portis or Terrell Davis. He's just a a really good running back, and that was before he got hurt. So what is he now? I don't know. But, yeah, would I love to see him go get a workhorse running back? And Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Dalvin Cook can be that guy, a guy that can, you know, go the distance and and turn a swing pass into a 75-yard touchdown. Yeah, I think they definitely should go do that. I think that would be great. Um I, I don't think they're going to be a run-heavy offense like everybody's saying either. I think you're 100% right. I think, you know, very rarely do you have a offensive-minded head coach who doesn't come in and want to chuck the ball all over, right, that wants to come in and play Vic Fangio football and try to win 17-13. I just don't believe that's going to happen. I really don't believe it's going to happen when you have a quarterback who's making the kind of money Russell Wilson is making and they're going to want to try to put that guy to use. And I thought Russell Wilson looked really, really good last night. I thought Sean Payton was on the money after the game when he said he was sharp. I thought he was. Doesn't mean it was perfect. <laughs> and it's the people who expect him to be perfect, it's like, good grief. The, the Russell Wilson haters have exposed themselves in the last week. It's the people who were down at practice on whatever day it was where he completes a, a pass to Jerry Judy where he threads the needle and it's all about how well it went through Damari Mathis's hand. So now we're to the point where we're criticizing his completions. That's a dead giveaway that you're a uh, Russell Wilson hater. I thought he was really good last night. I thought he moved around well. I thought he looked like Seattle Russ, and I thought it was very, very encouraging. And this team's not going to just turn the ball, turn around and hand the ball off to Samaji P. Ryan 30 times a game. It's just not going to happen. It's just – I think that's a – that's just a silly notion that that's what uh, Sean Payton's going to come here and do. All right. So I was going to read. Oh, I lost it. Zach buys tweet. Um, so, by the way, I, I'm keeping still, even after last night's, what I don't believe was a good performance out of Russ. I'm still reserving judgment uh, on Russell Wilson. I'm not a Russell Wilson hater. I'd like to see him succeed. Um, he's had an up and down camp a little bit, but I don't think. To be honest, I don't think camp has been structured where you can make a, you know, a real judgment on anybody right now. Other than, you know, like guys like Corlin Sutton, you can say, 
man, he looks a lot better than he has looked, right? That's fair to say. But, you know, you can make judgments like that. But I don't think because they're not – like even even the great day that Russell Wilson had the other day, right? And I was there. I saw it. It was good. But all of the analysis was based off, I don't know, 10 plays, 12 plays. Because it's like you were saying, James, they're splitting all the reps – and in the two hours, they're doing all sorts of freak drills and this and that. They're, they're not really drilling down and grinding and, and doing it really that much different, maybe, maybe even worse than Coach Hackett. They're just not really the, the practices, and it may be precluded by the CBA, but they're not getting a ton of intensive you know, scrimmaging work, and, and Russ just isn't getting that many reps. Nobody is. Um, no, he throws like eight to twelve meaningful passes in an entire practice. Exactly. So I'm with withhold- yeah, crazy. I'm withholding judgment. But James, let's be fair. He was not great last night. Some of that, maybe a lot of it, is the offensive line was atrocious. Um, they were terrible. They were terrible. I, I didn't say he was great. I said he was really good. He moved around. His ability to escape the pocket on the play that Jerry Judy dropped the easy first down catch looked like vintage Russ. He threw the ball down the field, 13, 17, 19 yards to wide receivers. It wasn't dink and dunk. It wasn't Case Keenum check down football. It wasn't everything short of the sticks. You know, it wasn't aired out bombs away moon balls, which I didn't want to see. I wanted to see intermediary passes. That's what the great quarterbacks can do. They can complete passes in the teeth of a zone and have it be 15 yards downfield and not either have to go over the top with the bomb or beat Tommy Checkdown, and that's what Russell Wilson did yesterday. So his first throw of the game was off. He missed Adam Troutman. It wasn't a great throw. And then from then on, the things that did go wrong weren't his fault. Ben Powers just got bull rushed, and the, the defender was in Russ's face on third down on the first drive, and the, the ball got batted down. There were like nine balls batted down last night, by the way, and the only one you heard about was Russ. I mean, every other quarterback for the Broncos had balls batted down. Every quarterback for the – uh, for the Cardinals had balls batted down. So it, it's just, it's comical to me, but I thought he looked really good. And not only that, that guy is tough as nails. He's out there in a preseason game taking shot after shot after shot and just bounces back up. And that's one of the things he did a lot of things wrong last year. He did, but that guy taking 55 sacks, a ton of hits playing in a meaningless game against the chiefs at the end of the year, diving for a first down, getting a, bump on his head that looked like he had an egg implanted under his skin. Uh, I'll tell you what, that's a guy I would go play with because he is tough as nails. So I think Russ looked really good last night. I thought it was very encouraging for the first preseason game in a new offense. And, you know, everybody's going to be on the bandwagon by the end of the year with me. That's fine. It's going to stay open forever. But you might as well get on now. It's a heck of a lot more fun to enjoy it the whole season as opposed to at the end. But that's okay. You can You can be a... You can be a naysayer if you want, but the, the Russell Wilson haters have been exposed, and it's uh, it's going to be comical to watch them try to spin this all season long. I don't think that if you watch last night and say that the offense didn't perform well and that Russ didn't particularly perform all that well makes you a hater. Now, there are haters that are you know sorely disappointed in Russ's performance last year, but to say that Russell Wilson played really good, um, to me – James, I just got to be honest with you. It looks like you're just doubling down on your take that he's going to make a great comeback this year, which, hey, you're entitled to that opinion, and I hope it comes true. But what – because there was they two – four possessions and should have scored three times. 
They missed, two, they missed two field goals and got a touchdown. So he got him into a field goal range and put a touchdown on the board. Like, if we just said before the game, hey, Russell Wilson's going to play four series, they're going to have a touchdown and two field goals, and he's going to have a 102.3 quarterback rating, everybody would have taken that. Everybody would have taken it. But now that that's exactly what happened, it's, well, there was a ball knocked down, and he missed Adam Troutman, and this, that, and the other. And it's just like, okay, so you, you just are never going to be satisfied. I mean, he could go out and go 11 for 11, three touchdowns, and and this group would gripe nah, about I don't. I don't think so. I, I, think that, I think that's unfair. All right, last thing for you, because uh, I know you got to go uh, throw down some double cheeseburgers at the, uh, we would say, Broomfield. Broomfield High School Barbecue, yeah. Yeah, Broomfield High School Barbecue. Uh, no Eagles. But my question is, and man, DMAC was all over my bacon when I suggested that just maybe, just maybe this we should wait until we actually see it with our own eyes, but maybe this offensive line was not fixed and that we actually needed to see it to believe it. And, oh, no, what are you talking about, Dan? Yada, yada, yada. And when I've been to camp, the offensive line has not looked good. And in the game last night, in particularly the starters, minus McGlinchey, it did not look good. So should we be worried or are you worried? Yes. Yeah, the the whole thing blows up if they can't block up front. It doesn't matter that Cortland Sutton is back to looking like he did before the injury. It doesn't matter that Jerry Judy has finally made the primary receiver and he'll have a chance to shine. It doesn't matter that Russ is back in shape. If you can't block, it ain't going to matter. And the, their inability to keep people off of Russell Wilson has been problematic throughout camp. On the days when the offense has struggled, that's been the number one issue is he's just got guys at his feet and in his face all the time. Um, they couldn't run the ball particularly well during camp. It seemed like there was constantly contact in the backfield. Last night was a little bit better, but not a ton. So, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about it. I mean, Garrett Bowles does not look like the same guy uh, that he was before the injury. I think there's reason to start thinking, hey, maybe he had the one good year during COVID when they didn't call holding and there was nobody in the stands, and he's been pretty mediocre at best in every other year. Uh, Mike McGlinchey being out, okay, that's a concern. He hadn't looked good while he was out there. Ben Powers continually gets dominated up front. So, yeah, I think there's reason to worry. I, I, I just don't think it's a particularly good offensive line. Now, maybe they'll fix it, and they got three weeks plus to, to get it ironed out and to get it fixed. But right now, if you, if you made me say, hey, what is your number one worry about this team? Number one is kicker. Number two is this offensive line. And I don't think that there's anything particularly close to those two issues. I think if they can stay healthy on, on defense, their edge rushers, I think are blossoming into a pretty good group. So that was a worry going into camp. I feel good about it now. I think it's kicker and O-line, Dan. Those are the two things that, boy, the O-line, if they don't fix that, nothing else is going to matter. And I guarantee you they are going to lose a football game this year because of who they have as their kicker. All right, James Merrillat, we appreciate it. You, anything on DenverSports.com you want to make us aware of? Oh, man, the, the fellas were uh, all over it last night with all sorts of content, and it's uh, it's interesting. I think this is what's great about DenverSports.com. You, know, you got Zach Lazarus today saying he wasn't impressed with the Broncos' offense. You got me saying that you know Russ looks sharp, so it's a, it's a variety of opinions. So go to DenverSports.com. You can read Jake and Will and Mace had a ton of content and Cecil and me and Zach and the whole gang. So uh, so check it out. Uh, a lot of great content on there. I appreciate you. Go have fun at the barbecue. 
All right, Dan. Have a great weekend. All right. You want to react to James Merrillat? Your chance coming up next. Judge, jury, executioner. Okay, that got really dark fast. Now back to his honor, Judge Dan Jacobs on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3, The Fan. All right. We appreciate James Merrillat. Some of what he had to say. You know, I agreed with, this happens all the time with James. You agree with, I, not you guys. A lot of you guys disagree with 100% of what he says. You know, I think I agreed with almost everything he said in the interview, except for the Russell evaluation. Right? Like, I just didn't I just didn't agree with it. Like I don't think Russ played particularly well at all. Like uh, you know a couple of the throws even like the, th- the throws he was throwing away were like hey those are dangerous man. Like I think one of the passes that I think he was throwing away was just like inbounds in the middle of the field in the end zone and those are some of the plays we saw get picked off last year. Right? Like, whoa, at first you're like, ooh, where is he going with that pass? Generally, when you're throwing balls away, they go out of bounds. Not, you know, when they're practicing incompletions, an incompletion goes out of bounds where nobody can get to it. Uh, so last night there was, I think, a couple of those where you're like, wow. Um, So, you know, I think a little bit of... This is, James is going to, no matter what Russell Wilson looks like, he's just going to put some spin on that uh, and talk about how great Russell Wilson did. Well, not great, good, right? Because he said, I don't think he played great. I think he played good, right? And I was listening to to him on the again on the pregame show last night, and he was asked, you know, well, what would be a good game for him? And he said, well, 7 of 9 for 50, you know, 60 yards and, you know, a touchdown. Well, 7 of 9 is, I don't know, what percentage is that? 70, 80%, whatever, <laughs> completion percentage. And Russell Wilson wound up with what? A 55% completion percentage last night? You are not – nobody is going to be happy if your quarterback is out there completing a 55% his passes at a 55% clip. You want 65% or higher. At a minimum, 60%. Minimum. And, you know, somebody on the text line was like, look, Bassey's interception and Judy's touchdown were 100% because somebody slipped on that bad field. Right? So... um, Sorry, I just got got text with some bad news uh, for a friend. Not me personally, but a friend. Um, so I was just looking at that. Um, 
man, that's bad. <laughs> oh, something about the, <laughs> the wife uh, and the cat. Give your give your wife THC. She won't care about the uh, animals anymore. And then give the cat meth and report back to next week. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have the ability to get my hands on any meth. Anyway. Was was James Merrillat dropped on his head when he was a baby? Well, I don't know about that. I would encourage him to wear one of those training camp helmets with extra padding to protect whatever he has left in there. Hey, that's not nice. It's kind of funny, but not nice. All right, so, um, by the way, I want to mention this. Colorado, unfortunately, we know all too well about how devastating wildfires can be. So what what we've done here at Bonneville, our parent company here at The Fan, uh, we've opened up a way for you to contribute. It's a little fundraiser we're doing. Um, it's the to help the people of Maui. Just go to denversports.com. Go to the top of the page. You're going to see a link to the Bonneville Maui Strong Fire Relief Fund all the money, 100% of the donations going to the Hawaii Community Foundation serving Maui. So just go to um, denversports.com, top side of the page, Bowie, Maui Strong Relief Fund. Anything you can give, 5 bucks, 20 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is, uh, all of it, 100%. No administrative fees. This isn't like, you know, you know whose charity where 80% of it or whatever it was goes to, you know, paying buddies or, you know, any of that. 100% of the money you give is going straight to Hawaii to help people out. So um, if you are so inclined, please go to denversports.com. Check out the top of the page. All right. A lot of your texts. Um Rolling in on the James Merlat interview. We'll get to that and some other reaction from the game last night. 